0: This podcast is produced by Visionary Studios. Hey everyone, I'm Mitchell Rail, and welcome back to Let's Unpack That. Today I'm joined by my friend Ryan Keekler. Welcome back, Ryan. Hi, Hi.
1: thanks for having me.
0: Yes, of course, so Ryan was here a few months ago, yes. um, but now he's coming back to a little guest host yeah. moment. But Ryan, what have you been up to
1: since we last saw you? Uh, a few things, got a new job since last time we were here. And I'm actually moving back to Arizona. So lots of things are happening. Exciting. Love that for you. Love it. The guest this week
0: is one of my first childhood friends when I first moved to my hometown. We literally used to play Barbies and Polly Pockets together. Today, I am so excited to have Isabel Ocampo here joining us. Isabel, how are you doing? Welcome. Thank you. I'm doing
2: well. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, of course. We're so happy to have you here. Isabel. I want to give you the first question that I give everybody. Do you want to give everyone a little bit of background on who you are and where you're from?
2: Yeah, so um, Isabel, thank you for having me. Obviously, you know me. Um, <laughs> we grew up in the same town together in Wisconsin. Then, afterwards, kind of left immediately for college. <laughs> Lived in New York for a couple of years. Uh, graduated about a year ago, and I now live out in LA. I work in political campaigns, I do fundraising, so that has been an exciting job, very challenging. But I really like working in politics. Then I come home once or twice a year. <laughs> she
0: comes home and does some charity work. Really <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you yeah. know, you were in that small town. You jumped and you are like, let me get out of that place. As soon as I can, I want to be in a big city that's fast paced, lots going on, very opposite of small town Wisconsin. But let's start in small town Wisconsin. What was your experience like growing up there and then coming into yourself as a bi individual?
2: Yeah, so my experience growing up was fine. Like I feel like I had good childhood memories, good little hometown, like small town experience Mm -hmm. in the Midwest. Loved all my friends in my neighborhood, (laughs) like Mitch. I think it was just, you know when. I got to high school, kind of like everyone else, you start to, like, get into your identity and, you know, decide what kind of person you want to be. I didn't realize I was queer until, like, the very end of high school. But just other things. I, I felt like our hometown was very conservative and I just, like, had very different values yeah. um, and an ideology. And it was sometimes hard to, like... I don't know, align that with other people or like, I I don't think it really affected my friendships that much, but Mm -hmm. it like started to as I got older.
0: You said that you realized that you were queer towards the end of high school. What was that moment like for you?
2: It's funny that you say moment because it very much was a moment where it was like, just all at once. It was a specific person, walk into a coffee shop one day, see this girl and I was like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> it's it? it it kind of giving yeah. Hallmark movies. It I'm, is, it was, it's giving Hallmark movies. I'm imagining slow motion. It like, was. She comes around like, small town,
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, No, if she listens to this, she'll literally know who she is, like, <laughs> she'll know. Um, and I was just like, oh my God, and like, I definitely did create an identity crisis for a bit like there were a couple of months when i just was like thinking about and thinking about that moment and talking to this one individual because it was the first time i had ever experienced attraction to uh to a woman and so and i did struggle with that and i don't know because i and it was weird that i was struggling because i always was like oh <laughs> i like, had a lot of <laughs> queer friends but it was just like Yeah, I just, like, had never thought about it before. And so I was like, is this real? But it was. I gave it a chance. I kind of just tried to, like, sit with that feeling and, like, just let, you know, think about it more. And, yeah, it turned out to, to be a real valid feeling.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, as you started to, like, have more romantic interactions with girls, was there anything that kind of surprised you when it came to, like, comparing it to your past experiences with guys? What was different for you?
2: I definitely do feel like the relationships are different. I don't know. It's it's hard to put into words exactly why or what it is. With the few women I have dated, I haven't dated that many. The communication styles are different like off the bat. Like I don't know. It's like sometimes I feel like talking to women even that I'm romantically interested in we often just talk like friends and like talk like how girls talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a little bit different of like trying to like understand my like romantic feelings when I'm like, I also feel like you're my friend Um, and like getting through that and like the first couple years of like being in queer and like navigating that and I will say like I have not had a serious like long-term relationship with a woman so I guess I don't know how that would be but yeah just kind of like the communication was a little bit different but the connection was the same and that's why I knew it was real because to me I was like okay I feel the same way I've like felt towards men and like the like yeah the romantic connection ultimately like it's similar
0: would you be open to like a long-term relationship with a woman yes I'd love that (laughs) I would love that (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So did you come out to like your friends and family before you moved to New York or?
2: I started to. So I came out to a. F- few of my friends before moving to New York. Kind of came out to family, but like not to everyone. Um, And then I moved to New York. I went to historically women's college. Um, So it was like, so it's like New York City, women's college, very queer friendly. Um, Everyone was very open and welcoming. So I was so excited to go with like this new identity, just kind of like wanting to explore my feelings more. Started going to like queer, you know, meetings or whatever and no, i don't know. to say meeting <laughs> like meetups <laughs> like, i guess yeah, so, like okay. to meet other like queer yeah. first years and like started going on dates with girls in my class and then i went on a date with a guy in my class and then i dated him for four years and that was just what happened you know and i, I think I, I was about to say like oh i fell back into like dating men but i don't want to say that because i think there's also like this um i don't know stereotype yeah i guess i like i don't know like there's this discussion and like the queer women community how about like bi girls like go back to men and I don't know I don't want to frame it like that like it's almost it is... like people
0: try to invalidate it like invalidate the identity
2: yeah exactly
0: I think because people that do invalidate it often I feel like they don't understand so do you kind of want to shed some light on kind of when you're talking to a girl and then maybe you see in your situation you had this connection with a guy like how would you feel like that switch Happens Like, is it just a moment of, like, oh, I'm just more attracted to this person? Or, like, how do you kind of process that? Because I think a lot of people struggle to get their head around it's possible to be attracted to more than one gender.
2: I don't know. I think for me, like, it's just people. Like, I don't know. I can, like, have connections with, like, many types of people and, like, regardless of gender, I will say I do also feel like I have weird phases where I just, like, will be more attracted to feminine people and then, like, more attracted to masculine people. But it doesn't change how I, like, feel about a group of people or, like, one gender on the whole. But, yeah, like, being attracted to men as a bi woman or, like, dating a man, like, a this man is a bi woman, it never took away, like, the potential for, like, attraction to, to women as well.
0: Okay. So what kind of sparked that move? To LA for you?
2: To live with a man.
0: <laughs> 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 to <live my> boyfriend.
2: <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah, but also I wanted like a change of pace. I didn't just, you know, do it without thinking about it or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I loved New York. I think New York is an amazing city and like so accessible and just so many like cool things to do and cool people. But I just didn't love living there. And, um, I love living in LA. So it ended up being a really good move That's and good. a good decision yeah. in the end. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, cause I'm like, I'm moving out of Chicago. So sometimes the city can be like absolutely crazy. And like, you need to have an escape plan. I always say, like when you're living in the city, you need somewhere you can like leave and like go somewhere close where you're not hearing sirens and beeping yes. car <laughs> horns. and Like it's, it's crazy sometimes. So it's definitely. I think everyone needs to live in like, an, in, like, a chill place and a city to, like, kind of realize what both are like.
2: Yeah. For me, New York had just, like, an overwhelming feeling. Like, I just was always kind of overstimulated and just, like, it was very intense. And I honestly felt really lonely in New York, and I don't know what exactly cultivated that, but a lot of people I've talked to who also lived in New York, like, in Manhattan specifically, felt the same it would just be like the abundance of people that are surrounding you but like you're not really connecting with it's also just hard to get out like manhattan's huge but it's also like it feel like you feel like you're on an island yeah um and And it's like kind of hard to get out whereas la like
1: you can just drive anywhere you can yeah
2: Yeah. it's more spacious Mm -hmm. it's like the urban sprawl spread
1: out a little bit yeah
2: it could be good or bad but i feel more free to go around um
1: LA's different. You have the beach, the mountains, you can go skiing. You can do everything. Very versatile. Manhattan's (laughs) like you're in the city or maybe you go to Long Island for the beach or like maybe you go upstate, but like, that's like a trek and like, it's like a, it's a, it's a journey.
2: Yeah, it is. So easy in LA.
1: So once you moved
0: to LA, is that kind of when you started? your work on like political campaigns or when did that come into play for you?
2: I started more in an official capacity when I was still in college in New York. I just did an internship at like the state party in Wisconsin, the Democratic Party. And I did fundraising for them, and it was surprisingly fun, even though it was like very easy, kind of boring work. Um, I just liked seeing the campaign side of things, and I'd always like been kind of politically active, or like tried to be, like in college and in high school. But I liked, yeah, actually, like doing, uh, like working on a campaign. So, but yeah, when I moved to LA, I took like my first official job, uh, and started doing fundraising for a
0: candidate. I mean, obviously, fundraising is what fuels a campaign, right? Yes. Like having that money, you can't do anything without. It. Give people a little peek behind the curtain when it comes to the campaigns. Obviously, everyone sees the ads, everyone gets those phone calls that... <laughs> those text messages, <laughs> makes everything, yeah. But when you're trying to get funds for a candidate, what is that like? How do you do that?
2: Well, I say I'm so sorry I am the person who sends the emails and the text it's like we need three dollars by see, midnight please, please, please Mitch
1: <laughs> we we're you. counting on you like yeah. those like crazy like all casting exactly like, our picture of the yeah. candidate yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> can we count on you <laughs> um but it's like it is it feels like desperation station, like every time, like nearing the end of the quarter. And like, obviously as we get closer to the election, like that is literally how it feels. I'm not just doing that to like annoy people. I'm like, I literally need you. Um, So, and yeah, it's like money does fuel campaigns and it is frustrating because I think it is a horrible system. There's too much money in politics. These views are also my own, <laughs> not that of any political candidate. I'm going to say that, um, or any campaign I may ever work on, but there's a lot of money in politics as a fact. And like my family members would ask me like, okay, you're raising a lot of money for this campaign. Like, does that mean you're going to win? Or like, why didn't you win? Um, and it is because having a lot of money just allows you to have a chance to win and, that's it. So, like, if you don't have the money, like, there's just no chance. Like, nothing you do is really gonna matter. In most cases, obviously, this is a big generalization. Um, and there have been some, like, successful lower dollar uh, grassroots campaigns. But that is the general rule It's like, you need money to even have a chance.
0: So, you were working on political campaigns in LA for most recently. Yes. You were working on a race in Orange County, correct? Yes. So, what was it like trying to get a Democratic candidate in in a more, like, conservative? Area of the state, which may surprise people when they think that, oh, it'll be easy for a Democrat to win in California.
2: It's tough. And you're right. I think that was a lot of um what we would hear from people out of state was like, you don't you don't need more money from me. Like you're in California, there's enough money there, you're Democrat, you're gonna win. You know, I think honestly being from McGuanago in Wisconsin, like has offered a really good perspective because when I went to New York and went to college, I kind of got into the mindset of like no one knows what they're talking about. Obviously, like, my views are the right ones. <laughs> like, all I, you know, I, all I want to do is help people. So, like, of course I'm right, and anyone who's conservative is, like, wrong. And I think after graduating and kind of being back in politics and, like, being in this more conservative area, um, I did do a lot of reflecting on, like, where we grew up in Wisconsin, and that really helped a lot in understanding, like, what people want. Um, because it's hard like when I come, where I come from and like my politics is a place of like, well, I just want everyone to be happy and have like the most success in life and just like be taken care, like have healthcare and have food and have housing. Like, I think those are basic needs we all need to have. So I'm like, how could anyone not want that? I think at the end of the day, like people do want that. Like everyone just wants to be happy and have a good life. Um, And it's just like how we go about it or like think is the right way is different. And I don't think that like anyone is evil. Mm for having, like, even a completely opposite viewpoint of me.
1: What is it like working on a campaign? Like, what are your day-to-day things? Are you always calling people? Are you, like, helping them put together events? Like, what's, like, a typical day in the life working on a campaign?
2: Day in the life, I guess. um, At least on the fundraising side, it's different. Because, like, you have different aspects of a campaign team. And there's people who are, like, organizers who are going out in the field and, like, getting volunteers, um, doing voter contact and, like, really ramping up for um For election day, of course, like we all are, um, but then on the fundraising side, the day to day it's like it, it is writing those emails and <laughs> those text messages to try and get more money from people. Um, it's doing like donor outreach and donor prospecting, following up with folks, just kind of like building connections um, with with donors, those who have already given or, you know, prospects. And event planning is also part of it, which is really fun. I love doing the events. And yeah, just like coordinating with folks in the area. I think that's the most fun because I love like I love talking to people and like actually being out and like just connecting with people and talking about politics so I do love our fundraisers because most of the day honestly I'm just like in a little room by myself just like <laughs>
1: <laughs> how do you guys find my phone number to text me because uh, I oh, buy lists I'm tell you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's actually not that hard though like I will say it's not that
0: hard well Isabel to kind of close up here if you were to give advice to that version of Isabel in high school who is just realizing that she was queer what would you tell her?
2: To anyone feeling confused about their identity like For me, if you thought you were straight for a lot of your life and then questioning that, um, obviously nothing wrong with you. It's very normal. You probably aren't straight if you're questioning it, (laughs) is what I would always tell people. And it's just kind of like, it's a spectrum, you know? And like everyone experiences attraction differently. And I think it's totally okay to explore that. And at the end of the day, it's like, you identify how you want to. If you feel like there might be like a, I don't know, like you're a cis person, you feel like a little bit of attraction to like the same gender. but at the end of the day, you're like that's just not, just not what I feel like. That's okay. You can like you can be like whatever you want. What I struggled with was like validation from other people and just how I appeared as a queer person. Because to my friends, it was fine. Like everyone got it. I have a lot of queer friends and a lot of bi friends. So when I was dating like this man for a while, I didn't really have to like justify it or explain it to people close to me. But I think from the outside, like from family members and like. Friends, I just wasn't as close with. Like, it really bothered me at first. It bothered me for like quite a few years that people weren't seeing me as queer, and I didn't really know how to cope with that. But I think what I realized is like, it doesn't it doesn't really matter <laughs> like to me, and it might matter to some people, and that's okay. But like, I am more of than just like. I'm more than just queer and like exactly. I'm more than just what my romantic attraction is to people and I've said like if if some people are going to see me as a straight person like it's kind of fine at the end of the day <laughs> like yeah. I've gotten over it. Really them, yeah.
1: Think,
2: yeah and then yeah. if I like do date a woman ever and then people see me as queer like that's great too Um, and that is a part of me but it's, it hasn't become like my, it's not my whole world anymore. I yeah. think it was when yeah. I first started yeah. like exploring my identity. It was my entire world. Yeah. And so it was really frustrating when people didn't acknowledge that. But
0: I think that's really good advice because your, your identity is valid and you can't let other people invalidate that. Well, thank you so much, Isabel, for being here. Do you want to give everyone your socials so they can follow you?
2: Yes. My Instagram, I think that's all I have is Instagram. Okay. It's Isabel. M. Ocampo. Yeah, I don't post that much about
0: anything I y'all interesting. Though. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. <laughs> I try really to like, it's like, it's like casual, effortless. It's like you're also slang, though. So it's like Thank it's, a, it's, just, it's a perfect. Five, ten out of ten. I recommend the follow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Isabel, for being here.
2: Thank you for having thanks. me. Yes.
0: And you guys can follow us on Instagram at unpacktht and on TikTok at unpack that pod. Thank you so much, Ryan, as well yeah, for being thanks. here. And we'll see you guys next Thursday. Bye, everyone. Bye.